Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This is with an S, a music commentary podcast where we talk about all things Afrobeats, ranging from new music to more serious issues within the music industry. Welcome back to another episode of With an S. You know how it goes by now is your Afrobeats Avengers. And oh yeah, I always like to introduce myself. My name is DG. I'm with my gang, 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 gang. Uh, hola. I was waiting for you to say Jiggy the controller. You're not consistent. Yes, you can. Yeah, you get Hi everybody, my name is Mo. You are not consistent. Hi everybody, my name is M-O-I-X-Y-Z, Mike C. And we have also a special guest, one of the people, actually, you know, the person responsible for bringing the cast of With an S together, Mr. Maya Ido. Not the Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Who doubles as one of the producers of the show, as well as um, the CEO, founder. Mm. No mm. need, no need, no need. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Nah, okay. But yeah, we have Mawa, who's like a superb journalist and has very great insights on the music industry as well, just having been around it for a considerable amount of time. Mawa, how fun. I was good to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Happy to finally be here with you guys after watching you guys record for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And we're happy to have you as well because I feel like you're going to be able to provide lots of context into the conversation that we're trying to have today which is the proposed sale of maven records so i don't know if you guys caught on but um this week actually it was yesterday i think friday billboard reported that maven is currently um floating the idea of selling the company and one of the companies that i think was brought into um that I remember just reading in the article was hybe which is owned by scooter braun and if you're familiar with hybe they also um, completed the deal for QC, um, Quality Control Records, home to Migos, home to... Uh, Migos, Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. Yeah, yeah. Lil Baby. Lil Baby. Yeah, just very, very reputable label in the States. I think that sold for 300 But Yeah, the news came out that Maven was up for sale or potential investment into the company. And I think the figure that was floated um, was somewhere between $125 million to $200 million, which was just extremely eye-popping. Burr. 
Just extremely eye-popping numbers that we have not seen in the industry. There, this is completely unprecedented. You know, like yeah. we're completely entering, you know, just unknown, a completely unknown territory. And I was just trying to get a feel from the room um, for two key things. I, I guess let's start with um, what we think this means, just on a business level, right? The money that's being floated around. Did it feel like a deal? That I left to me, I would say like this. This probably exceeds anything I would possibly imagine that a Nigerian label would go for. But right. how do we feel about that figure? Even just starting, yes, yeah, it's, it's very. I mean, like I saw the number at first. I saw the figure and I was like, oh shit, they're trying to sell this for uh, one fifty million naira. That's mad. And I looked at it again. I said, <laughs> dollars, oh, dollars, shit. dollars, bro, exactly. dollars, dollars. And I, I looked at it again. I said, oh shit, like, one fifty m dollars. That's very interesting. Um. It's on the high side, definitely. But again, I I feel like you would try and... I'm not trying to say they're overvaluing. I mean, I think it's a business tactic where you want to put a price out where you would most likely agree for a lower deal. Yeah. Or at least a lower deal with like installments or even the same deal with installments or like special clauses as well. But you would want to put something that might not be like comfortable. Bola's talking like someone who has played a lot of FIFA and football man. That's actually football manager fully. But um, yeah, literally, you have to put that out there because again, you're looking at it as okay, if I say my company is valued for a hundred million, everybody wants a good deal. Yeah. Like no matter what, it's just business principles. Everybody wants a good deal. So whatever is out there, they're probably going to try and lowball you at least get um, a better deal. So even if they don't think it's worth that much, again, they might think it's worth that much. I don't know. I feel like they they would have obviously done a lot of research as well, a lot of market research as well, which is very interesting because I want to know how they got to that just because this is like yeah. unprecedented. What else? Like nobody has done this before yeah. in the industry. Basically, we've never seen a sale of this magnitude before. So yeah, I actually want to know where, how they got to that figure. Very okay, so the thing for me, I think looking at it again, like I think the word that kind of explains this whole thing is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. I think on one hand, um, it's very validating for the work obviously Don Jazzy and Tega them have done because maybe in turn 10 last year, mm-hmm. yeah, we've seen maybe obviously go through like three different iterations and um, undoubtedly the best run label in the country. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, and I think... The thing that kind of gets missing here is that a lot of like when Maven, like when I think Rema signed and when like Rema broke out, which was like a really, that was like, it was a milestone moment for them because I think a lot of the guys they had had were like a certain, just like a typical Nige pop star. Rema was very in line with like that, like that's like rap slash like alter subculture. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously his explosion was just, crazy and i think around that time also maven raised investment from copanda yeah and i mean when you talk to people who work within that building they tell you of like how much things changed around that time so they started paying best in class numbers the quality of the people they were hiring like just improved and it was run like a proper like a proper like label like a proper like yeah so um i would imagine that this is probably being pushed by you know, the people who dropped money because mm. <laughs> there's a reason they dropped money. Yeah. It's because they want to make multiples of it back. So even if it, seem, it might seem on the high side, to be honest, because we have no sense of context, yeah. because we don't know how like valuations work in a like nascent market like Afrobeats, 
um, even if it seems on the high side, I think the thing you have to look at is like it's a bet on the future. Yeah. Because what Maven have proved is that there's nobody that's better at incubating talent and rolling like the talent the mar- out yeah. in this market. Yeah. So even if obviously Ira and Rema are like the big, the heavy hitters, you're probably betting that they will find two more IRAs and Remas within the next like five, five years. years yeah. Particularly if they have the f- like the footprint or like the backing of because I think the two main potential buyers from the Billboard article are Hype and UMG. UMG. Those are two of the biggest like music companies in the world. So Hype is obviously from like I think they're South Korean. Yeah. So they're very big in like the K pop market. So, I mean, you're already seeing the kind of plays Rema is making, like you've seen the India thing, that type of stuff. Where And then they've now, like, obviously put their flag in, like, the hip-hop market. So, again, that's America, Scooter Braun. Bro, that's the person who broke out, like, Justin Bieber and everyone. You, like, all the, like, young pop stars you can think of. So, again, there's probably no better person with an understanding of, like, the American market for that. So, then you now, you know, you bring Don Jazzy into the mix. Um, I can imagine that, like, you know, he's just... These guys are just trying to build. And for UMG, if it ends up being UMG, UMG is the biggest music company in the world. And there's for they're struggling in this market. Mm-hmm. And have been for quite a while. Yeah, they've gone through multiple iterations and they haven't cracked it. Um, so you can imagine that for this company, it's like there's a lot of value add for them. So I can imagine that, like, you know, even if the price might seem high, I think there's like an element of, okay, this is the next big market. Let's just like get in there, even if we have to pay a premium for it. But I think if I were advising them, I would advise Don Jazzy and friends to sell quickly. Just make your money cash out. And, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, like like obviously comes next, even if it's just like, again, just doubling down on like the incubation of talent within this market and obviously trying to maybe spread it across the continent, maybe go to Kenya, get the best person you can get there, go to SA, you know, my piano is heavy, mm-hmm. you know, sign a couple of people, just be able to like build it from being like a Nigerian company to like a Pan-African company. I see that, especially on selling while the, um, just while the iron is hot, because Rema alone, and I guess even just Ira, simultaneously, both of them, considering the success of Calm Down as well, there'll probably be no better time. I'm sure they could definitely do it again, but like the amount of time it took for us to get to even just that first record that seemed like it was blowing like everything else out of the water, I, I would definitely agree that would be worth, you know, just kind of punting, punting for that figure right now. Um, now on an industry level, I've seen a lot of debates. I think the most popular ones, people are saying like, what does this mean for the culture? Like I love this for Maven, I love this for Don Jazzy, but I don't love this for the culture. I have my own opinions on that, so I'd love to share in a bit. But I'm wondering, like, how do we feel like this affects just Nigerian music at large? And I guess even just the Afrobeats to the world movements that everybody seems to be souring on these days. Because you know, it started out as like a very like, oh, excited, like our music is breaking boundaries, but now it feels like there's a sentiment that says that this music is kind of being snatched away from us, even just kind of going to the conversation that we're having about how you know, for a lot of Afro, for the lots of the biggest Afrobeats artists now, you have to fly them into Nigeria. Um, you know, in addition to doing all the other stuff on their rider as well, in order to be able to get them to perform. So, how do we feel about this in context of the Nigerian industry, just music, Afrobeats to the world, and all that jazz? I think I'll just reference a bit of what um, Maiwa said. I don't think it will change much for what Maven has established 
as of yet, like right now, in like the quality of talent, the rollout culture, and all of that. What I think it will do is now take all of this structure that they have built and now take it across board beyond Nigeria. Another another confidence that they can have in selling and anyone who's looking to potentially buy is looking at like they have a long list of like execution receipts. Mm. Like we've done it with this person. Even though they didn't go full on international, we've broken them out into the markets and they had these returns. I I saw that the figure didn't they weren't sure if the figure included um publishing. Yeah. So if it w- if it doesn't include publishing now, if they uh, uh, um if they now include or calculate publishing to what the figure is like. So I think it's like long lists of receipts of talents that they have worked with broken into the market and now stand. So there's that that they can say okay, we can do this in this other place. We can do this in this other place. So I don't think it changes much. It just gives us more confidence that this Tassari in Nigeria can now be executed in other parts of the world. What do you think? Did you was making a point about like, you know, this culture we have, you know, Afrobeats to the world where now is Afrobeats to the world except Nigeria because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get the artists like essentially it's almost like they're too expensive for the market. On the flip side, I think what this does is it builds and restores confidence in like the Nigerian industry. So the same way for tech, like when Paystack, Stripe bought Paystack and it seemed like obviously that triggered a lot of like, oh, yo, what these guys are doing here is like very impressive. Mm-hmm. I think there will definitely be like a sit up and like, oh, yeah, what these guys are doing in this market is very impressive. And I think on one hand, I would expect that everyone else will get their shit together. That's what I was hoping. Like, yeah. that, like, yeah. like it's like, you, everyone yeah. will realize if, we t- if we're serious yeah this is what we can build and this is what like we can be next yeah yeah on one level i think i would say that's like the most important thing being able to build and restore confidence and i think okay yes the second thing was being able to raise more money i think a conversation we've had a lot in like recent weeks is like you know the intersection between like pop culture and like criminality (laughs) where a lot of the people who traditionally have like funded music might have like dodgy past you know you might be a Mm -hmm. street guy and obviously, you know, you know what's popping on the streets now. Dodgy, mm-hmm. dodgy presents as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to give this my guy who's been running whatever. I think more people like so you can imagine like you know your business tycoons or whatever, like your PE firms and all that, like being able to be like, okay, yo, Maven have been successful at this thing. So like, why don't we find like the next best? Um, you know, company and, you know, put money in them so that we too might have like an, a successful exit in like a couple of years. When I think about um, this conversation and just people talking about the culture versus like, you know, what it means business-wise, it feels like this was always the most inevitable outcome as well. Because when I consider music, even just you speaking about maybe potential business owners with Dodgy Pass, parts of the reason those guys exist because for as long as at least I've known about Nigerian music from a business perspective, it hasn't been self-sustainable. Like these labels are not self-sustainable within themselves such that like if they keep churning out the amount of money that they require to like shoot videos and do styling because the music industry is just like a long line of just burning money. Burning money. <laughs> no, legit, legit. And having worked in a label, I can tell you for free, like there's sometimes you look and it's like, man, there's no guarantee that this is going to come back. But you have to do it from image purposes for staying in the conversation. So when you have all of those things in the mix, 
the, the ability to say self self sustainable is damn near impossible, which I would explain why they were looking for more of an investment and things like that. But to that degree, man, I'm I'm personally happy about the sale, even just for African music in general. Because I mean Nigerian music in general, because like you said, it's going to create an influx of if not money, at least interest, you know, people standing up and paying attention. And I think just with the track record that Maven has to this point, that is now going to be its own case study of like, okay, these guys got this huge amount of funding and backing and then they took it to the next level because with everything that has happened to this point, the amount of partnerships and things they've been able to leverage on, I can only imagine what like frontiers we're going to just venture into considering affiliations with like the scooter bronze of the world potentially if he does close the sale or universal taking a vested interest because i mean i remember going through this newsletter of like this industry i don't know industry friend i'll put it that way who i think had received the universal music newsletter and leor not leor it was um lucian Lucian Grange. grange he singled out rema as far as like and um, a case study for where African music could be potentially viable for the rest of the world. And just to imagine a world in which Lucian Grange cares about like popping Nigerian artists to that degree, like that, that, that can only be a good thing as far as like maybe ownership of the music. I don't know that we have any real understanding of what the structure of the deal is in that regard, as far as like publishing or who owns what, but as far as interest, as far as like elevating Nigeria, hopefully getting people to get their shit together, because as much as like yeah, I was gonna as much as say like as much as Yahoo Yahoo and fraud money has helped the industry to this degree, like it would be nice if niggas didn't have to cook the books, you know, all the time <laughs> in order to get shit moving. Because that's what it is now. It's like yeah, like uh, foreign acquisitions come and the amount of scrambling that occurs as a result because people's things aren't in order, like is is. Is nasty work, so it would be nice to see that. Like, it would be nice if people could kind of follow suit and have their house in order, such that you know there will be a level of trust that just kind of comes back into Nigerian music as a whole. One thought I had just from listening to what you were saying was in terms of like um, the ownership. I think something that we tend to forget a lot is ninety-five percent of the time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ownership is never from the people within your culture. They just use like influencers. They use familiar faces within your yeah. culture just to like make yeah. it look friendly. Yeah. So it's like the way like obviously you think of like in hip hop, Jay-Z, Damon Dash and all those guys with Rockefeller. Like Rockefeller was owned by Def Jam. Which Leo Cohen was the one calling the shots. Like, even though obviously Russell Simmons and Leo Cohen like founded it, like obviously it's rooted in black culture, 
But like at a point, it's like it's the white people. Yep. And obviously, Def Jam is owned by Universal. Like, so it's the white people who are essentially calling the shots. They just give you like, you know, your friendly black face so that who can essentially <laughs> make you feel more comfortable always with friendlier than Don Jazzy <laughs> <laughs> but in this case that's just what it's going to be you're going to have your friendly faces in like Tega and Don Jazzy and you know all the like top guys are maven who yeah. are going to make you feel like okay yeah you know it's still for the culture but like they have like you know their paymasters it's just that the paymasters are going to be different yeah. but I think the other thing is like yo there's no way maybe I'm ever going to beat like the industry plant accusations Bro, after ever, this. Ever, ever, <laughs> ever. They are coming to stay. They're, up. They're coming to stay. I, what one thing that I do wonder about though is like, okay, with access to with access to more funding, I wonder how the business is going to evolve as far as like not even just the business, like the choices that they're making. Because I look at someone like a life size Teddy now, for example, right, and she's not in the typical ilk of the Maven artists that we've come to expect, like just very like a prototypical pop star. I'm wondering if this, like if the, if Maven as a result of receiving more funding becomes more world facing, does that mean, or I guess it's my hope. I'm hoping that it brings about like an evolution of the sorts of artists that we can sort of expect to get from them. Cause if Maven gets that funding, if they have the world's eye in that way, then I feel like they might be able to take more risks. And this is just purely speculative. We, we have no idea the, the, the details of the deal particularly, but I'm just, I, that's something that I was thinking about as well. Like, I wonder if this just kind of opens a door to different sorts of talent that can possibly go to the world stage. Because if you have, like before that we said, a Scooter Braun, like his kids, his, his spread of artists outside of even just pop stars, like it, it's, it's, it runs far and wide. Like you think about the K-pop markets, and even just the number of artists that were coming out. There were so many artists I didn't even know that he managed when that entire scandal yeah. was happening, you know. So he's one of those people that's just extremely well positioned, like Maya said, to kind of just broach talents in a different way that we'll be expecting. You know, speaking on that, like I was just I was, I was talking to someone around the time Essence came out. So basically Essence or at the time it felt like Essence was like, you know, obviously it was having a moment. And there was like a certain there was like a like certain like poetic i don't know justice type thing in that justin bieber jumped on the remix because obviously it was the same thing that happened with like um despacito, despacito yeah. which at the time was like for afrobeats everyone was kind of like modeling it. it's like okay yeah like um latino music obviously has started like doing like really well but you need like a breakout moment and so seeing that obviously like understanding that just Bieber was the one who hopped on despacito and made it like a monster remix and you kind of see the same thing that happened with like Essence. I mean, I don't know if Justin, I would say Justin Bieber like made the song like explode, but I think he had a certain understanding of what that moment meant. And I think a lot of that, when you look at it, I think you look at someone like Scooter Braun. But I think also fitting off what you said, I think what would also be great is if the doors that can open for Nigerian talent. So like, for instance, if like you said, you maybe have like a life-size Teddy who might not seem like the typical like mainstream or conventional artist, but you are Maven and you essentially are a UMG company yep. or a hype company, you can understand that, yo, why don't we put in like a life-size Teddy in like writing camps for maybe a big artist in America that is also within the UMG family where essentially all that needs to happen is just a phone call. Mm -hmm. Or so, for, and you think about that for like, because I think Maven obviously have like beyond the artists, 
I think there's also like a certain talent of like you know like the producers, the songwriters. Yeah. You know, like obviously we know of like Ira's um her brother yeah. who writes with her. You know of like the Andre vibes of this world yeah. and all those guys who In will Rio. who will get like bigger opportunities just because they are signed. So I think that would be like one thing that potential like you know like legacy like flashpoint for Nigerian music would be like this opening of the doors where again like you said people can experiment more but there's also like just a bigger window of opportunity so it's like it's not you don't have to have a hit song on radio for you to be successful like if you can get like solid like writing gigs if you can produce songs for like the biggest artists in the world and get like solid royalties there's definitely like there's wealth and there's like legacy in that parts of me also wonders if we're going to see something like this for a while. I don't know that there are too many other labels. How many labels even exist in Nigeria anyway? You know, I think offline we're talking about is is the label dead in Nigeria? And I kind of feel like it is in a way. Because if you think about all the people producing the biggest music in Nigeria outside of Maven, all of them pretty much do it through distribution houses. Kind mm-hmm. of like Empire. Yeah, which is at some point, Empire just has to come out and say they're a record label, man, because they do, <laughs> no, bro, they do everything. <laughs> they do everything. Um, but um, yeah, I really wonder if there's anybody else on the frontier. The closest thing I could think is probably Chocolate City. Yeah, but yeah, um, guys yeah, and th- right now they really only have one massive record on their hands, um, in Love Wanting Tea, which the artist isn't even there anymore, so. I don't know how that necessarily would play into it. And I'm not acting like I'm an expert on deals like this, but structure, for for example, rules out maybe 95% of the industry. And if you consider structure as like a metric for this sort of thing, there are only really two two well-structured labels in Nigeria. Mm. I can, and I think structure is even just a certain aspect of it in the sense that I can't even see Chocolate City being next right now just because they don't even have like that star power yeah. within the system. So even if there's a structure, you're basically telling guys, come and buy us. You have to now put the star power in place first yeah. and you now. So for me right now, I don't think there's yeah. any other like currently active um, record label that I would say can actually be next for this sort of um, deal. But what about like in terms of like legacy plays? Because I think... Obviously, there might not be levels who, like, obviously are in play right now. But, again, the thing is, we don't even know, like, the value of, like, Afrobeats or, like, yeah, Nigerian yeah. music discographies. Because I can imagine a label like Kenny's, who obviously ran the country, like, within, like, the late 90s, yeah, no. 2000s, you know, Two-Face, like, yeah. um, Idris, all those guys. It's like, okay, like, it... it um. A catalog like that, like how much would that be worth? Like, yeah. what is that worth anything in today's market? Like, or a, co- a, or a company like Storm, which yeah. in the early two yeah. thousands, even more hits actually, oh, that's even more Bro. hits as well. Bro. Like, Bro. yeah, those catalogs. I can imagine that if anything, those are the type of, you might see like some catalogs it gets sold. I yeah, think, yeah. like but with more investments. Yeah, but I guess that would also kind of hinge on the interest in music from that era being translated into like syncs and things like that because as of now uh, outside of playing it and just liking it i don't know that there's that much of an interest from a like placement point of view so the thing with that is i think obviously like you can't predict these things so like it's just like for instance like i was talking to someone like yesterday about 
Um, IJ's available mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. And your number. Sorry, yeah, IJ's your number coming back. And the thing is, when that song dropped at the time, it was probably the most successful Afrobeat song within the US market. Yeah. For like, there was like a period where yeah. he, he was the highest earning, like in that market, he was the highest earning Nigerian artist. And you gotta look at his Spotify numbers. Very healthy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> till date. And that's not an artist I don't think any of us are checking for. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. You just need like a kind of like you know right time, right place, like yeah. moments. Like I don't know, it could be TikTok. It could be TikTok. It could be a movie scene where like you know just the right like placement just yeah, builds like true. yeah, it's like a true. moment. True. Or it could be a documentary that comes out that makes people appreciate something that happened in the past. Yeah, true. Like there always there always all these intangibles. It could be someone sampling something that. Yeah like regenerates interest so i mean yeah you can't it could also be someone with foresight because it's not beyond executives to see something and decide to throw money behind it for that very purpose yeah you know like floating a catalog and even just on the subject this is completely unrelated but just when tiktok came up it's just tiktok so powerful man i remember this song that dropped in 2021 that's currently bubbling on tiktok by ayuba yeah, dude. Dude. <laughs> dude, that record is like a perfect example so of like good. how it's just, it is so good. It is so I'm sure he can't believe his luck, man, because bruh, off that song alone, I'm sure he'll eat this year. No, and I think I, I don't want to digress, but I think Ayuba Ayuba has a thing for remembering some songs that he feels ca- he can bring back. Really? I did Ori, Ori or King was how many weeks yeah, ago? Oh, but that's not Ayuba, no, that's um, K1 the ultimate. Come on. But no, but I mean, it's even that song as well. Like the way that song just came back into public consciousness. Mawa definitely has a point there where you never really know what it'll take off. And I just, man, like, dude, I feel like things like this Maven deal as well. Maybe it gives us a stronger foothold as far as like global um, interest because I. People always speak about, like, even Rema spoke about it on the heady stage, like, can we sustain this interest? Can we sustain this interest? If people are vested and puts down 150 million to 200 million in the industry. Of Joe Biden's dollars. Of Joe Biden's dollars. dollars. They have a vested interest in ensuring that this thing stays as economically viable for as long as possible. Unless that, well, then again, it's, it's small money to them. Shaz, but it's, it's still money they would want to make returns of power. Yeah, I th- and I think, I think because that's not the type of, if you look at like, um, like a UMG or Sony, like in terms of their West African presence, it's clear they've not put that type of money yeah. behind. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, those offices are just for like, a, oh, let's employ five or six people. Yeah. Let's make them feel important yeah. by giving them titles. But then, really, they don't have any power. Yep, like, yep. when, you t- when you talk to the guys who worked at UMG, and you hear like the level of bureaucracy for like basic decisions, they couldn't make decisions without calling essay. Yeah. And obviously, it's like, if you're, let's say, I mean, there's just a classic example. You look at, and I don't I like. I don't really like them doing this. But you look at Alpha P and Rema, mm-hmm. and you look at the fact that basically, Rema, those guys were in a group together in Benin. They got signed. One person obviously went one way. The other person went the other way. And you look at like the level of investment, or even from like on a label point of view, like okay. UMG signed Alpha P, but yeah, can you tell? And I think yeah. he's off the level now. I yeah. think he, his deal is off, and yeah. he's uh, he's he's on his way. And then you look at like a Rema who, yeah. 
essentially is the same thing, but look at like the level of power and investment behind it. Like it's just clear that they've never really Eric, put yeah, in that much investment. So I think like obviously when you put in as much money as is being discussed, like it's definitely in your best interest for that yeah. for you to get some form of return. Yeah. So like yeah, I can imagine that it's just like a she's she's about to get real. Bro, she's about to get real. And even just the amount it. of the amount of power that Don Jazzy is about to wield as well. Like and we already thought he was crazy powerful, but shit, after this, like man, well we had the sale hasn't even closed, so maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I I hope it does. Yeah, I same. hope it does just it's to conclude the industry definitely yeah. yeah it was such a moment it will be it's just it's so crazy that like him being the person that sort of took us you know global in that way with like the oliver twist era and all this getting signed to good music it's it's kind of fitting yeah that he would be the person that'll get the bag you know um but yeah let's keep keep our eyes peeled see how this plays out hopefully it clo- i would love for it to close soon um before the conversation about calm down and lots of these things dwindle but Regardless, like Maven have shown, they have the ability to, you know, sustain this level of success and even just grow to much greater heights than we've ever seen the Nigerian music industry go to. So, yeah, it should be fun. And on that note, thank you, Mawa, for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. You know, thank you guys for listening in per usual. Um, I'm going to close it the same way we always do. Please use the hashtag with an S pod to repeat that's hashtag with an S pod if you hear anything that you like if you want to just get in contact with us give us feedback any just interesting notes that you have about the podcast we'd love to hear from you guys because last last you know you're the ones keeping us afloat and on that note I'm going to end this it's been amazing I'm not going to end up kissing you guys like Moya but peace out (laughs) until next time (laughs) enjoy guys even on a budget Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.